Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, agency owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners? Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we're hanging out with Picha Neri. Picha is a UX expert and global speaker, helping businesses and agencies win on the web by putting users at the center. She loves educating designers and developers in the best UX and UI practices via workshops, courses, and talks in three languages. Picha is also a UX project lead and maverick at Cloudways, one of our amazing cloud hosting partners. We love the folks over at Cloudways. Picha, welcome to the program. I'm so pumped to have you here. Hello. When someone reads that intro out, it really sounds like I'm a terrible show off. Really? (laughs) Three languages? Do it. Just don't brag about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's okay. I, I like I always find as as host, I get the I get the privilege of being able to hype our guests so that you don't have to uh you don't have to brag too much. So Picha, <laughs> it's uh it's good to have you on the program. It's been so fun to get to know you over the last uh, few months uh through the Cloudways Mavericks program. I think we've had some fun together. And I've just really been in in awe at how you approach things in uh, in your design and UX philosophy. And, and I want to talk about some of that stuff today. But before we get into that, can you just kind of help our audience for those agencies that are m- maybe not design centric or not you know UX, which I think is a very popular acronym in our industry? I'm like, oh, you got to focus on UX or UI or whatever, right? But what is what is UX and UI to you? Right. So this is a great question to start with because that's kind of the people that I talk to is often that. So agencies that do build and design, but are not necessarily UX centric or don't think they are. Basically, UX stands for user experience, as I'm sure we all know, but you know, just in case. And user experience is everything that affects the experience that someone has when they visit your website or use your product. So when you build something, whether you've thought about it or planned it or not, you have an experience, don't you? You just do. You know, it's impossible to use something and not experience it. So when you have a user experience approach, that means that you're simply being strategic about it, that you're planning it rather than just, you know, making it up. And the thing is that there is so much that user experience has in common with good branding and good marketing and good business. You're the business guru and you know how many common points there are. And it all starts, in fact, from the the first bit of it is the research, is getting to know who you're doing things with and why you're doing them. Why? The why question is extremely important 
in UX. So a lot of agencies that don't think they're doing UX, they probably are, because the minute you're asking questions to your clients, the minute you're finding out about your uh, uh, audience and about why you're doing things for them and what their problem is, what their pain points are and how to solve them, you're already basically working on user experience. So that's my point, that it isn't that alien a thing as as some people may think. And it's not really a buzzword either. It's something that is absolutely essential because user experience also uh, is everything, every single point of contact that you have with the people that use your websites or your products. Because, you know, even an email that you send them, that's user experience. It's not just what happens when they are on your website. It's also how your business treats them, every single point of contact. Is that, does that make it clearer or yeah. <laughs> not? Well, and, I, <laughs> and I love that it's so much more than a design term necessarily. And I look back at my own Absolutely. history building websites when we went from asking very what-oriented questions. What do you want us to build? What would you like on your website? And the client was kind of defining the stakes. We were really just pushed into this commodity trap of low-value work. The client was dictating what we were doing. And when we started to do what I call you know discovery with a capital D, uh, we started That's asking it. a lot more who and why questions. And not only did our work product improve, but we got to reap a lot more benefits as an agency delivering higher value work because sometimes the client would say, here's this thing that we want. But when we went in and asked why and who questions, it turned out that they really needed different things, right? They actually had some, they, there was a, a deeper problem. And if we could solve that problem, maybe it was worth more to that business. And I, I didn't know we were doing UX at the time. You were, I was just, you were completely I I, doing UX. Yeah, I thought I was just being a savvier salesperson, right? No, that's it. That's that's basically you've described the UX process or the beginnings of it, definitely, because it's and the why. You know, I'm so glad that you mentioned that the what as opposed to why and and who questions, and it's all in the why. I mean, you need to ask why as many times as possible. I'm organizing a conference. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Uh, again later, but uh, I, one of the interviews that I did was uh, Joe Natoli, who's a UX educator, and he is a real guru. I mean, I'm nothing in comparison. And that's what he says. You know, the main takeaway, the tip that he has. You know, do that. This one. If you do nothing else, do this, and it's ask why. Ask why. Not just five times. Ask it. You know, twenty times as ma- as many times as necessary. Even when it gets a little bit uncomfortable, but keep asking it because the really interesting point is that whenever a business comes saying, I need a new website, I need a new logo, I need a new anything, chances are that the reason why they're asking that is that they have some issue, some problem to solve that they haven't even identified yet. And that's what comes out as you ask why. The the business issue that the they don't know they have. And that changes absolutely everything. It's, it happens, I wouldn't even say countless times, it happens every time. And it could be, you know, it could be anything, anything from that they actually want to sell the company ultimately, or that they have a conflict with one of their partners or, you know, any number of things. But it, invariably you unearth 
things that they didn't know, that they had yet to identify. Hey, what's up, agency owners? Brent here. And I'm going to rant for a quick second about Google Analytics. I don't know about you all, but I find that platform so difficult sometimes. I was in a meeting with a client and they asked some basic questions about their website and funnel performance. And we hadn't set up all of their goals just perfectly to answer every possible question. And we weren't able to give them that answer. And I really felt like we were flat footed. Like we had all this data, but we didn't actually have the insights that we need. A friend of mine sent me a link to a new tool called Oribi. And I have to say, I've been blown away at this new analytics platform, how intuitive it is, the fact that you don't have to have a developer to set things up, the fact that data is retroactive and you can ask questions of the platform that you didn't set up ahead of time, which makes you look like a rock star with your clients because your clients are going to ask 10 questions. And then when you give them those answers, they're going to ask 10 more questions. So you want to be able to show your clients cool results, but you also want to show your clients really succinct insights when it comes to their marketing performance, their website performance, their campaigns, their traffic spends, all of that kind of stuff. So look, if you're interested to learn more, I definitely recommend checking out Oribi. Go to oribi.io, that's O-R-I-B-I.io. And because you're all amazing listeners of the Digital Agency Show, they're hooking us up 20% off your first three months. If you go to oribi.io slash yougurus or use the code yougurus on their website. So check them out, oribi.io. Let's get back to our program. This question came up in one of our uh, in our in our free uh, Facebook group, Profitable Digital Agencies, the other day, and it was a question I've gotten many times. We had a, a member of our community on, and he was talking about how he won. You know, he used to do these three and four thousand dollar websites, and he won an eighteen thousand dollar website project, right? Which is great. And, you know, congrats to Jeff for, for doing that. Yeah. But the question from the group came, which was, you know, can you show me what an $18,000 website is? And I mean, obviously there's a literal yeah. answer to that, that we could have just said, Hey, you know, Jeff, give us the URL of the site you built. And he probably would have been happy to do that. But I took it as an opportunity to kind of say, you know, I mean, that's maybe not, not the right, I'm not gonna say it's not the right question. There's no, there's no stupid questions, but anything. And I, I tried to explain this, right? Like, if it's not about what it looks like that is going to give you any insights of what an $18,000 website is. And, you know, I told him, I said, you know, even one page could be an $18,000 page. Just, and of course, yeah. this, this exploded into this conversation of like, oh, I can't imagine that just sounds like you're, you're selling snake oil or whatever. And, and I want to go back to this moment, PJ, because I see you already smiling. But when we were talking about uh, something, and this was like months ago uh, related to something that we were working on with Cloudways, where you were going in and doing so much research and finding the key drivers of all of these different stakeholders and users. And I remember you saying like, you know, well, when it comes time to build the page, that's going to be the fastest part of the process. Like we're going to do that in half a day. It's going to be like, boom, like, you know, this, this page, it's like, that's not the hard part, right? Creating a really nicely designed page and, you know, it being clear and whatever. And like the page itself isn't hard. It's the weeks in, you know, it's the, all of the process ahead of time. And I thought that when I, when I was seeing this conversation in our group and I was remembering back that conversation, I'm like, you know, therein lies the, I don't know if it's like the, the, the breakthrough moment for somebody that when they finally realize it's like, it's not about the pixels. It's not about the, you know, it really the, the font, right? I mean, it, it is and it isn't yeah. right. So, so comment on that process. 
So uh, thanks for remembering that. That's <laughs> I wouldn't have remembered, but yes, absolutely. That is the whole point. Why I think that research should be 50, 60, sometimes 70% of a project. The point is that I'm thinking of the project in question that we were building, but it, it applies to anything because as I was about to say, if that one page is actually a sales funnel, it could easily be an 18,000 pounds, dollars, whatever page, it could be a $25,000 because it's all about how much that page is going to sell. And maybe the outward expression of it is an act, is one page, but what about the research that you did to work out what the problem was with the pages, that the product that you sell on the page is going to solve? What happens to the customers once they go through the journey that you've designed for them? What happens behind the scenes? Is there an email automation? What does the onboarding look like? How easy is that? Are you actually giving them what they need? These are all the things that happen, and therefore it's so easy to understand why it, it why it can cost that much, or actually, I wouldn't say cost, why it has that value. And it probably is even more than that. But in terms of how easy it is to build a page uh, once you have all the research, I'll give you an example. If, for instance, you know that, let's say that I'm, I'm really and literally sort of thinking out loud and thinking, if the sales page sells cruise, you know, the cruise of a lifetime, and you know that the audience is 50 plus because they're, you know, uh, retirees on a high income that can't wait to finally leave after, you know, a year and a bit cooped up at home, unable to go anywhere. So you know already who they are. So you know already, first of all, what size to design your topography, what kind of topography to use, because you know already uh, what kind of, you've done all your research on the visual styles that they're going to like, but also you know that they won't be able to read. Uh, I mean, um, it's assumptions, but it's to be on the safe side, you should really make your topography big enough for them to, to read it. And you know what kind of imagery to use. You know that if you use models, they're going to have to have a certain age. All these things are established before. And therefore, once you go and put them on the page, it's so quick. It really is so quick. It, it, it makes things so much easier. And, you know, it's funny because I was just at a... Um... I was working with with an agency, and I think we were looking at some kind of a boat travel website. <laughs> and it was, you know, you could tell it was like, uh, I'll call it a two to five k, quick and dirty brochureware website project using a template. You know, I mean, I can literally remember the font being, I mean, it was probably not, you know, eight or nine point or whatever. It was, it was not like nobody thought to themselves who is coming to this website and. You know, should the font be a very specific size? Nobody made that design decision because they weren't thinking about who. They were just thinking about how do we build a website for really cheap and just get this thing up there with a pulse. But like, I mean, that's such an interesting insight. How does somebody that understands this idea, which I think there's so much value to it, how do they communicate that to a potential client when they're on the front side of a sale. Like we, I think we as design people either, either we're all in like you or they're related to it at some level. Like we get it, but I'm just thinking about somebody who runs a small tour company 
who runs a, or maybe even a corp, I mean, big corporate probably gets it more in some aspects, maybe, maybe not, I don't know. Uh, but how do you communicate the value to somebody that really doesn't understand UX and how this type of research could benefit them? So this is such a good question because it's exactly what I feel my mission is because my mission is kind of to demonstrate that design improves conversions. It's not styling. It's not about choosing a cool font, so to speak, or a nice color. It's about converting. And that's, I think, the crux of the matter. That's, That's how you sell it because you need to be on board yourself. You need to understand it yourself. But once you actually experiment and try it out, you will be because you will see, it will be very easy to see how it changes things immensely. If you build a journey rather than just plonking things on a page, it will improve your conversions maybe sometimes overnight. And actually that's the reason why if you want to demonstrate this and sell it, I think that one thing that really works is uh, design reviews. I love them. I really, really like them a lot. And I, I can give you an example that of someone that we both know and love, which is Jan Koch, who's your uh, our colleague at uh, Cloudways. This is another maverick. And he was selling a summit and I gave him a very quick review. And it was literally, it was a user journey review. He told me what he wanted people to do. And it was a uh, typography and UI review because one thing is that sometimes you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You can make things a hell of a lot better, like a lot better without having to go back and, and redo everything. You just work with what you've got. So in that case, we already had a website. Jan was selling an online a summit, a co- an online conference, and he wanted to improve the conversions. So I just gave him a few, and actually typography is such a huge part of it. It's one of my favorite things and because it's such an easy win and so few people understand how to do it or why it's important. And basically, we just needed uh, made a few layout changes and a few typography changes. And overnight, the conversion, he saw the conversion grew, grow 400%. I mean, 400% is a lot, even if it only, you know, I don't know, I I don't know if it sold 30 or 300 the day before, but, you know, from 30 to 120 is is a hell of, it's a, you know, it's a big change. And that's one way to sell it. I mean, there are even... Uh, there, there are lots of famous examples that I can give you, but this, you know, a famous example is Airbnb. Airbnb, for instance... Before 2011, they uh, used, they didn't have any photographers and they were failing to succeed. Basically, they existed, but they were sort of floating, they were coasting. And especially in cities such as New York, they were not growing the way they wanted to. So they went on the ground, which is UX. They basically went, they asked their guests and they asked the uh, hosts what the issue was. And the issue was that everybody was taking their photos on their, you know, at the time, not very good uh, mobile phone cameras. And uh, therefore people did not trust the, you know, it was a, if you see a bad photo, you don't feel like risking it. Cause also at the beginning Airbnb, you basically, you were really staying in someone's home. So it was, it was really, it was a trust issue. It was, it was, 
And they found out by doing the basic bit of UX, which is research on the ground and actually talking to users, how many of us do it? You know, that is a big mentality shift, especially a lot of clients need to, to do. So they found that out. And what they did is they sent out, they hired photographers all over the place. I was living in London at the time and I was renting my flat out via Airbnb. They sent me a photographer who took all the photos. So he was also doing quality control. And my home had amazing, you know, professional photographs. If you look at the graphs in two between 2011 and 2012, uh, Airbnb went, Whoa! I mean, that was stratospheric. And at the time, Airbnb was not big because people would say, oh yeah, well, they had a huge budget. No, they didn't. They really did not have a huge budget. They were, you know, they were not yet big. That's what made them grow that big. And there are so, so many examples like this. In fact, so much that I am definitely going to do a something, a webinar or something just on this, because I understand that there is uh, a an issue with selling UX or understanding why you should adopt it. And that's also why I called the conference design for conversions. And that's what the underlying thing is, that when you design as in plan, you will see more conversions. And, you know, I could carry on talking about how you could see that. It's just, yeah, it's that easy, really. Peter, and I, this is, I, I love this conversation because I think that <laughs> the connection between a lot of the things that I've spent the last, you know, 10 plus years with agency owners trying to help them sell around value, help them. And it's not about raising your prices so that you can pull, you know, pull a fast one. It's about, you know, high value work for high value pay. Like you needed to deliver more value to your clients. And sometimes it doesn't mean like a bigger website. It doesn't mean like more no. pages. It doesn't mean more time. Right. And not at all. even this idea of, the photography with the Airbnb case study, I could see so many people being with a client and trying to sell them custom photography. And like we know deep in our hearts why a client should invest in better images or you know images that match their who better, right? Who they're targeting better, that they're they're calibrated correctly. We understand that maybe inherently, and we might try to sell a client on on getting some custom photography. And I just even remember myself being with these restaurants that I would be selling and I would try to encourage them to spend a little bit of money on photography. And, and even at the time when I was, you know, 25 years old selling websites, I didn't have the vocabulary and the knowledge to understand that I wasn't selling prettier images. I was selling trust. Trust. And yes. that's, that's just like mind blowing. Like, you're not selling custom photography. You're selling, you know, you're selling trust. And and you know, and obviously everything, and even the example with with Jan, we're not selling custom design or typography. We're selling conversions because people, you know, I mean, I'd almost even say you're selling understanding or comprehension that your ideal customer, if they're not buying and they're on the page. Maybe they're not understanding because they're not reading. And if they're not reading, they're not going to buy. And so if we can make the words seem more inviting by just visual cues, if they understood what we were selling, we believe that they would buy. And so I think that's like 
I don't know. I mean, I, I love this conversation because I feel like I just pulled like a huge nugget from what you just said. <laughs> and I hope our listeners did too. Cause like, it's like, you're not selling photography. You're selling trust. You're not selling typography. You're you're selling comprehension and conversions. And, and yeah. there's like, um, like, I think if more people understood the value of what they did and maybe UX deepening their experience with UX as a path to doing that. I mean, what are some small steps that an agency owner that is, you know, has not gone through a UX course yet? I mean, we, we mentioned the thing about asking why more, um, you know, trying to talk to users. I mean, I can just imagine like how many decisions are made in a conference room or in a Zoom devoid of the user or the customer? Of the context of the understanding of who they are because i think another really important point on the on the how to sell it how what steps to take is the fact that when you're not actively including the people you're trying to sell to you may actually accidentally be excluding them so if you start from them if you start from centering your process on the humans that use your products at the end you will immediately realize that. Another, I'll give you an example that is another one of my favorite things to think about at the moment is forms. Like we all have a form on our website that for any reason, you know, it could be just a contact form. It could be, it could be anything or even, yeah, to how to download the freebie and so on. How have you ever thought about how you've designed that form, whether you that your form is easy to use for everyone or whether you're accidentally excluding someone because you didn't think about the fact that maybe the colors are not accessible. Maybe you're using contrast that doesn't work for people that have a different way of seeing the world from you. And notice that I don't say not normal because normal does not exist. And it, when you start learning about things such as color, you realize that color is an opinion. There is no normal there. So, or did you think that, for instance, you know, if you, uh, the information that you're asking for, for, do you need all of it? Why do you need it? Is there any, any question that you're asking that is actually redundant and therefore might irritate someone? Did you think that if you make it compulsory to insert your surname, you may be excluding people who don't have a surname because surnames don't exist in certain parts of the world? Do you know what I mean? There are all these things to take into consideration going from the very simple. So if you're saying small steps, steps, okay, do you want small steps? Look at your own site. Don't even go to your clients. Look at your own agency site and see whether the color contrast works, see whether the typography is at the right size. Are you basically accessible? Because basic accessibility is actually quite simple to obtain if you start from following good design practice. That's something else that I preach because it's not about making it look pretty, it's about making it usable. That's the other thing. Is everything usable? Like for instance, I interviewed someone, uh, uh, Ezzy Hardy. She's a uh, disability champion, and we were talking about forms with her. She said, look, I understand that sometimes it's not possible to have all the technology that makes me able to use your form. But in that case, all you need to do is just put a link there and say, 
Are you unable to use this form? Click this link and send me an email. That's it. Do you know what I mean? So that's that's such an easy thing to do that will include all the people that you may have accidentally excluded. And that means leaving money on the table because the, the uh, turnover of the so-called uh, purple pound, which I guess would be purple dollar in the US, is humongous. Now, I can't remember how many billions a year, but it's many. And the purple pound refers to the, all the people with a disability, whether temporary or permanent, that uh, use the internet and that are not going to buy your product if they're unable to use your form. And this, the, the irritation with forms is everywhere. I just get, I get irritated by forms all the time, especially, I mean, they ask me if, if I'm Ms. or Mrs. Why does it matter? Why should, I'm neither, as far as I'm concerned, I'm neither. <laughs> and, and also, why does it matter to you? Why do you need to know? You don't need to know. You don't even need to know if I'm a man or a woman. You really don't. So it's all, th- it's all small things like this that you will start noticing if you place your attention on humans first. But the purple th- pound thing is staggering because if you think about, and that's, you know, it's related to accessibility, which is another real, you know, it's something that's very close to my heart because basically me being accessible me- being, means being decent human beings, but it also means making much more money because of the purple pound. Because also, if you think about it, we are all, it's, it's somehow disabled at certain points. Like for instance, if you've forgotten your headphones and you're on public transport and you want to watch a video and it doesn't have subtitles, you're temporarily disabled. You can't, you're on it. So if that video is selling me something, I'd be scrolling past and go, right, okay, you've lost me. I'm not buying this. And this happens to me. It, start noticing what makes you think, oh, okay, I'm not, no, I'm not buying this. Often it would be something like that because you will feel excluded by them somehow. And this is so, 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 so common. So the first small step is be inclusive and it's kind of inevitable that you will, you will increase conversions. I'm sorry, I went out on a slight rant because yeah. there, but there's a lot in there. There is a lot in there. But rant, at the same time, it really is, this is good. But it's very, very simple. It's not complicated. It's very simple. Start from humans, start wanting to include every human, and that will inevitably increase conversions. Hey, what's up, agency owners? I want to tell you about one of my favorite white label partners, E2M. They can help with all your website design, web development, SEO, and content needs for your client projects. This includes WordPress, WooCommerce, Shopify, BigCommerce, Webflow, Duda, SiteGlide, custom PHP applications, and much more. Have peace of mind when it comes to your outsourcing needs. Let E2M become an extension of your team so you can grow and scale how you want. Check them out today at e2msolutions.com. That's e the number 2 m solutions.com. All right, back to our show. And Pizza, the my mind is swimming because I know so many people right now have a proposal and they're trying to create efficiencies. And in that proposal is things that they can, you know, copy paste and reproduce for client after client. Yeah. And I know there are people out there that have a website proposal template and they have a a section that maybe says, you know, web form or something, right? As a module that they would add into that proposal and add onto the website. And if I had to guess, 
regardless of client, regardless of who your client's client is, regardless of who the customer is, of what the fields are, and and that attention to the human beings that are using this form, I bet there are a lot of people out there that that price for the simple form inside of their website proposal template does not change, and they are purely thinking about the what component of it for site after site after site. And you know, forms, and I love that you bring up forms because yes, forms are a really easy widget. Kind of back to what I was talking about with that member of our free Facebook group who said, you know, what's an what's an eighteen thousand dollar website? And I know people have, you know, web form two hundred and fifty dollars, web form five hundred dollars, right? Because the act of actually building the form in WooFoo or Gravity Forms or whatever, you know, is it, it is a it does not take very long. But to really think about the organization that you're building the form for and think about who's using it and who are the stakeholders and what's the objective of the form and where are people coming from that are going to be filling out this form? What do we truly need from them? What can we, how can we create the form experience to maximize conversion if it's a lead form, if it's, a, if it's an application form, if it's a sales form? If it's a registration form and then there's the, you know, what happens after the form gets submitted and like I feel like if I was in a website pitch and somebody mentioned form, you know, instead of just being like, oh, how many forms do you need? You need three? Okay, great, right? Three times 500, we're going to spend $1,500 on forms. (laughs) And now I feel like if a customer mentioned to me that they have a form, I'm going to be like, oh, man. We need to go have like a meeting about each form and really like <laughs> yeah. this is, you know, oh my gosh, you said the you said the F word, right? Like we need to go and, you know, we need to spend some time on this. And, you know, and maybe there are some, you know, small businesses where just a basic contact form is is just fine and it works for 80 or 90% of the scenarios. But I mean, I think about our own business where I a huge part of our business comes from people applying to be a part of our community. And that happens through a form. And we get thousands of applications every year. And that creates a ton of value for us. And, you know, that's a, I mean, it's a million dollar form. It's a $10 million form. I don't know how much that form exactly. has helped us make. And it's its not just a form. Like, that's just, that's my takeaway, I think, from this whole conversation is that when you're looking at your, the work you're doing for your client, to really step back and think about, that human component. So, you know, placing your attention on humans. Um, and I love your quote, actively include people that you're selling to, or you might exclude them. That's, that's huge, you know? Because even a million dollar form, when you, if you look at this again, I mean, obviously I'm not talking about yours cause I, I don't know yours, but if you look at this again and, and realize that you may have inadvertently excluded people, you look at this again and then how many more how many more millions might it make you because you've made that one tweak? I mean, there's a famous example of a UX guru. He's called Jared Spool. And he basically is it's called the, I think it's the whatever, five, let's say the five million button. Just by changing the placing of a button at the end of a form or at the beginning, just by doing something like that, he that's the kind of change in revenue that resulted in it. So maybe it was working all right before. Maybe it was fine. But think that instead of being fine, it could be amazing. And at the same time, it, it's not just that it increase, increases conversions for you, but that it helps out so many other people because I'm sure that, you know, I think that I, I know you well enough to know that the where we start from is, is that whatever we do is to help someone do something, either help them do something or solve a problem. 
That's why we do it. It's helping people out. Therefore, if your form doesn't convert, so to speak, to me, that means it's not helping people out. So, and I, I mean, I have plenty of those. I'm not saying that I'm by no means saying that I'm perfect because I know that I have to go back to a lot of the forms that I've got, you know, sort of scattered around my, the, the world, my digital world. And I have to look at them again, especially the ones that don't convert and go, why, why not? What is it that I've gone wrong? And I'm sure that by looking at them in that way, I can, I can find out and I can experiment because another fundamental, fundamental aspect of UX and it's one of my favorite ones, is that it excludes perfection. It means that, you know, there's, it's never perfect and you have to keep experimenting. You have to keep trying things out. So it's much better to put something out there when it's not perfect because the only way of testing it is to actually get people to use it. So if you have a form, test it out. And then and that's another small step that you can take to just test and check and then go back and, and improve and perfect it. So that's the thing that you may end up helping many more people than you initially planned to. And that's a win. Well, Picha, this conversation has been uh, enlightening to say the least. I feel like I am never going to look at forms, typography, <laughs> photography, and pages on the internet the same again. Um, are you ready for our lightning round? Yes, I am indeed. Let's go. What is the best advice you've ever received? What a great question. I assume this is in general, say, life-wise. <laughs> I'll, I'll so leave it good. to you to make, make the decision on, on, on where you want to pull your advice from. So, I, well, I'll give both. So in terms of life, I think that the best advice is that, and, and so the, the advice that I would give to my younger self is... Uh, Never always think that you can be, do, and have whatever you want. Never put yourself any limits. That's globally sort of life, life advice. In terms of specifically UX and design is the why, the why question. It's the five whys, but it's like as many whys as possible. That would be the best piece of advice. That's what you should do. Which of your personal habits would you say has contributed most to your success? Okay. Uh, I think the willingness, the willing, not only the willingness, but the need to keep learning. That's something that is essential to me. I, I never, ever, ever stop. And it, because if you keep learning, that means that you're also aware that you're not perfect. You probably will never be, and you need to always keep improving because learning is improving and you're willing to be wrong, which is great. I think you should be willing to be wrong. And then in practical terms, a habit that is relatively recent, but that I credit to being just unbelievably effective towards success in general is meditation. If, you, if you've never meditated in your life, you, you should try it. I, I was first told that I should meditate about 30 years ago. It took me another 25 to get the habit going. And now I'm just like, that's it. Part of my life. Can you share an internet resource, a tool or app that you use regularly that you think our listeners would find valuable? Uh, well, my, my meditation app is Insight Timer. <laughs> if anyone is interested, I love it. Then mm, work-wise, I, I use so many. What would it be? 
That's a good question. Uh, two, uh, it says so it was two resource, resource anything. Okay, so in terms of, of um, there's a few that I use. So for instance, contrastchecker.com, super easy tool that you can use to check whether your uh, color palettes are accessible. Always use it. And then in terms of color, a fantastic tool is coolers.co. It's a palette creator that also helps you out with accessibility, checking out your palettes and so on. It's uh, it's a great tool. I, I, I love color, by the way. And, and typography. What, <laughs> what book would you recommend and why? Ooh, again, many, 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 many books. But if you read just one, make it uh, Don't Make Me Think by Steve Krug. It's not the only one, but if I have to say one, that would be the one. I'm so happy that you recommended that book. That was actually the top of my notes today. I was I was going to bring it up, but you did. So we're good. Yay. So, uh, yeah. well, we will link out to Don't Make Me Think. One of my favorite books. We used to have our entire team read that. Coolers, yeah. uh, Contrast Checker, Insight Timer. I'm also going to link out to the Cloudways Agency Partner Program, not because I'm just trying to promote an amazing brand, but because you did so much incredible UX research in putting together that, helping to put together that program that you, you know, talked to a ton of users, the amount of research that was created was incredible to create the quote unquote one page, right? So uh, if you guys are interested in seeing Peach's work in action, check out cloudways.com slash agency um, and we can show you guys some of that. So we'll link out to all of those resources at our show notes. That's at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Picha, how can our audience find out about more about you? Is there anything that you have that they can check out? Yes. Right now, the main thing uh, is my uh, design conference called Design for Conversions. And the website is designforconversions.com. So you'll hear more about all the things that we talked about today, including the agency partnership program, because Cloudways are sponsoring the conference. And we will talk about the UX process of that of that project that you, Brent, did tons of UX research for as well, because you've been talking to agency owners once it was already started. So I did I did the preliminary preliminary work and you did all the testing work and you're still doing it. So that's exactly what you're doing as well, is, is UX work. So designforconversions.com is free to attend. And it's from the 17th to the 20th of May. And uh, Brent is a speaker as well. So um, I really hope to see you there. Awesome. Well, we will link out to designforconversions.com and make sure you mark your calendars May 17th to the 20th for that conference. If you liked today's content, it's going to be that and you know times 100, right? I mean, there's going to be so much yeah. of this type of conversation going on. And I think it's the essence of doing high-value work for high-value pay, which is one of our uh, kind of main mottos within our communities. So if you guys are interested in learning yeah. more about that, make sure you check out designforconversions.com. If you happen to be out on uh, a drive or on a, on a run or like me on your bike and you just have all these links in your head, just go to yougurus.com slash podcast and you'll see Peach's photo up there right at the top. Click on her and you'll find all of these resources, key takeaways, 
gold nuggets organized in one place. All those links for you so you can find out more about Picha and all the amazing work that she does. Picha, thank you so much for stopping by the program today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. All right. And that's it for this week's episode of the Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver.